This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming, but New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance, run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. favorite sports team. My name is Mark Iplier, and I am not a sport. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Don't give me that squinty. This is the first look. time I've ever heard you call yourself Mark Iplier. I've done it so many times. Not in my presence. When I was any yesterday. I've done it. I've done it. <laughs> I've done it before. I've done it many times. Anyway, my name is Mark Edward Fishbach, and I am here as a sport not do-gooder, but Tyler he knows sport real good. Yeah, I actually studied it. Got my master's degree in sport administration. Been an athlete my whole life and I'm an avid fan of sport. We are back with another episode of Go My Favorite Sports Team. And that means that you, listeners, have decided that this podcast is worth your time. So thank you so much. You get a loyalty smile. I'm smiling right now. So is Tyler. That's for you. Anyway, what are we talking about today? Today we're going to talk about how music ties into sport because obviously with the Super Bowl, it's a major, major deal to be a part of the halftime show. Mm -hmm. It's also a major deal as an artist to even just sing the national anthem before the game. Mm -hmm. So there's a really high correlation of music and sport in ways that a lot of people may not even realize. I mean, music, there's plenty of music that talks about sport, mm -hmm. but you hear music in the arena, you hear music when you're working out. Yep. Music just ties into so many things, and especially when it comes to athletic activities uh -huh. and anything that's in an entertainment event, audio is a major thing. We talk about it with our own you know, creations, the podcast, and yeah. things above that. Mm -hmm. Audio is king. Music ties into sport in a very unique way. People underestimate audio in almost every field, every genre of movie. Audio is underrated. Like any show, I have been in the nitty-gritty of an audio mix session for the final mix of various shows that I've made. The audio transforms what you see. It guides your ear. It guides your predictive sense of what's going to happen next. People use music to change your mood so that you are more or less receptive of what you were about to see or what you are currently seeing. Also, back in the day, in the earliest days of sport, when Unga Bunga said he would go throw rock and hit other rock and the other said, like, bitch, no. And then someone else got a bone and like a, a drum and started banging it and everyone else was getting into it because they're like, it about go down 
here. And then that's how music got integrated into sports because it gets the people going. It does. But I don't know if that's the actual history of how music got involved Listen. in sport. But you know what? You're a big sports knower. I'm going <laughs> to trust you with every stitch of my being. All right. Okay. That's it. That's, that's it. That's what is going <laughs> No, but I mean, like, kind of, you know, it, it's something about you see them in the stands when people get super excited. They just want to hit things, right? Yeah. Not other people. I'm talking like they slam their hands on things. They stomp their feet. I, you, know. you know the uh, We Will, We Will Rock You? No, never heard of it. By it's... Queen, you've definitely heard the it. The Queen, sure. As a band, the Queen. Yes, I know Queen. I'm not that stupid. But that's yes. that's a very common. You'll hear that in stands and high schools and stuff like that when mm. people are getting hyped before games or even when there's a big event. Mm. I mean, so many nuances within, like even cheers when you're rooting for your team, you get a rhythmic basis, so it almost comes across as music. Like, yeah. let's go defense. You know, stuff like that. Mm gets really ingrained and integrated and like cheerleading in high school is a huge part of it. But the biggest thing is like marching band. You guys mm -hmm. performed at halftime, every single high school home game. Mm -hmm. I mean, band drumline, all of that and how it ties into sport throughout the educational system in the United States, at least they're tied together immediately. Mm -hmm. But going into the, the basics of how it integrates, like, first of all, most popular new year's resolution is to get into shape uh -huh. and music helps you work out harder. Mm -hmm. You is that scientifically proven? It is. Psychologically, they've done numerous studies that listening to music, like you just pump your tempo more, your heart is beating with the rhythm of the music. There is actually a higher yield in results and a higher productivity in the gym when you are listening to music. Uh -huh. I've actually noticed that myself plenty. Like I, I, There are some workouts that I do um, where I listen to nothing, and that's just because like, I'm not in the mood to listen to anything. But the ones that I do, like I get the Doom soundtrack, like oh, the yeah. OM, like all those, oh, like Doom. Doom just like get BFG division just playing full volume in my ears. It really does something to you. Like you feel it when you're into a song and it doesn't have to be always intense stuff. Is there a difference? Have they done studies versus like classical music or like softer pieces yeah. versus like aggressive stuff? There are studies out there. I can't speak to all the results, but I know stuff that has a higher BPM mm -hmm. generally yields better performance, especially when it comes to lifting or running or things like that. You're uh -huh. going to go faster because your body instinctually, and this is really interesting, yeah. moves with the music. It's why, you know, like dancing is so we're moving with the music. It's the same thing when you're doing workouts you just get into that same rhythm you actually your sinus rhythm matches the rhythm of the music so anyone who's doing heavy lifting they're dancing basically is what you're saying i sure <laughs> i think every fitness and sports are a dance in and of itself i wow. feel like sure is becoming my tagline when you say uh, something uh, sure yeah just like <laughs> yeah sure okay yeah i'll humor you yeah okay yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, but I had another point that I was going to say, but I lost it. Oh, I guess we'll just have to deduct that point from you. No, <laughs> I don't have enough of those. No, come on. Wait, what was that? I was trying to, hang on, let me think. What are you talking about? How your body and sinus rhythm matches up to the music. Right, I know what it is. I remember. Do they allow players when they're on the field to listen to music? No, it's a safety hazard. But what if they did? You know how the quarterback has a has a radio in his head? What if someone just sneaks in a radio into their head so that they can just really jam out? Or maybe they just keep them calm because, you know, maybe they have too much rage on defense. That middle linebacker's ready to destroy somebody and they're just playing him some classical music so he doesn't go on a murderous <laughs> so rampage. He's, he's too powerful. Yeah. So they got to sing him a lullaby. Well, maybe he's Hulk. Maybe he'll explode if, you know, he gets too angry. I, I feel like that's just what they would want. You got to get people hype up as possible. True. Like, I always wonder, like, when, when you always hear the stories of, like, the mother who could lift a car to rescue their child. Like, that's all adrenaline, right? So, correct me if I'm wrong, but every human 
has the capability to lift way more than they think they do, but they don't because it's a a like kind of gating mechanism on the body. It's, it's self-defense to protect them because when they do that, that mother who lifts, say, the car, they tear muscles doing that. Ligaments can go, but they don't even feel the pain because the adrenaline is just like, I must do this. Yeah, so there's an element within your muscles, and this is getting into anatomy, but mm. called the Golgi tendon that actually isn't a tendon. Uh but it's a nervous system response that shuts down your muscle to prevent it from injuring itself. Right, Right. So if you've ever like jumped and landed and you land so fast that your legs like actually collapse under you uh-huh. that's the golgi tendon preventing your muscles from tearing uh-huh. so what happens in those situations is we only use a certain percentage because if we use our full capacity of strength in all of our muscles mm-hmm. we are tearing mm-hmm. i mean we are absolutely destroying our own muscles that even when lifting like that's why you get feel sore is you're actually breaking down your muscles as you're lifting and pushing it to grow and be stronger mm-hmm. Because you have to tear something down to build it up back stronger in the human body. That's just how it works. Uh So that tendon will shut it down. And what happens in those situations and what they've never actually been able to be hooked up to somebody during this. So this is all hypothetical and how they theorize it. Uh But that adrenaline overwhelms the tendon to the point, the Golgi tendon, the thing that shuts down if you're overexerting. Uh-huh. it overrides that to the point to where they are able to use 100% of their capacity of strength mm-hmm. to accomplish that. It, I mean, it's the same thing we talk about the brain. We only use, what is it, like 60% That's of our brain or whatever? That's a lie. That's not true. There's a whole movie about that. It's all bullshit. What I think is probably the original scientific study is that our conscious mind only oh, yeah. occupies a certain percentage of our brain. The rest is still working and very active and actually our subconscious is kind of smarter than we are. It's dumber and smarter at the same time hmm. because it's like the subconscious mind is through trained, efficient response responses, right? So you you practice something so much that it becomes subconscious, like you catching something out of reflex, like yeah. you, uh, an object coming at you, you snap and catch it. You've trained yourself a fighter able to predict moves and responses because you've done it so much it blends into your subconscious that you don't have to actively think about it. And so your subconscious is actually faster than you. It can move faster than your conscious mind can. So that whole thought process behind the brain, we only use 20% of it. We use all of our brain. <laughs> we do. Well, and you're talking about the subconscious that's what we talk about in muscle memory and mm-hmm. sport as well yeah. is that you're just able to do it instinctually you get to the point mm-hmm. where it's just like you're in that complete exhaustion phase but your body still knows what to do because you've ingrained it so much exactly yeah same thing i uh, back to the the like adrenaline response i i just remember this one video that i saw of a mother and a child they were hopping through the forest the child was they weren't both hopping through the forest <laughs> the mother was walking but the child was hopping around and uh, the child hopped onto a uh, super cover with oh, okay. like a manhole cover and it slipped uh it went sideways in itself and the child went straight down and this this lady walked over to this thing and i i looked it up afterwards these things are like 100 125 pound covers yeah they're, they're thick solid steel or iron or some kind of metal she picked it up with one hand and flipped it like literally picked it up out of its cover hole and one hand chucked it as tall as she was, it went up in the air and flipped around. And it was like shoot nothing to her. She just grabbed it and ripped it out of there. And then reached down and got her kid out of there. It was nuts. Like, if I tried to lift... Like, imagine there was a plate that was 125 pounds or however heavy it is. Yeah. It may not be that weight. But just like you... And you pick it up and you try to flip it in the air. Like, you know, some weightlifters, they do that. Flip it and catch it with a 45-pound plate. And that's, that's a feat of strength. This lady, whoosh, gone. 
It was insane to think about what the human body is actually capable of. I've actually lifted those storm sewer grates yeah, because, yeah. you know, people drop stuff in there all the time. Of and course, kids, yeah. oh my God, those things are heavy. They're heavy. They're so heavy. They're so heavy. So when it comes down to like music kind of, I don't know, would you say that music taps into I that? I think it kind of taps into the subconscious to why you're able to push yourself further is that it hits that subconscious as opposed to the conscious and therefore, you know, how it matches with your sinus rhythm and mm-hmm. all of that. Like your body is obviously responding to the music yeah. naturally. It's not you choosing to do that so it is a subconscious thing Mm -hmm. what is the the there's a certain um rugby team that they do a ritual at the beginning of every game and it's like them coordinatively moving stomping shouting yeah what is it called um it's oh that well i was i was thinking of the team and then i didn't expect you to ask me about the the actual ritual it's the haka yeah is the actual thing that they're doing but it's the you can look it up. I'm trying to remember the name of the the team. It's it's the only black. No, all blacks. All blacks. All that's blacks. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do it as a ritual, and they it happens in. We saw it in the Olympics. Yeah, there's a team in the Olympics. The news, I believe it was New Zealand mm-hmm. that did it to the United States, and every before every match they would do it. And it's actually a. It's not supposed to be an intimidation thing. Uh huh. It's an actual like ritual of respect uh-huh. within that culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that all ties into like music is ingrained into people and like rituals and things like that and movements and sound and like the kind of like buildup of emotions and outbursts and stuff. It all kind of ties in to what that is. I mean, as much as you could say is like, say, Katy Perry doing a halftime show ties in. I'm not relating the two of those, but right. But it, it's kind of like that. Not everyone likes the Super Bowl performances, but man, they go all out with those things. Like you can't deny that they, they try to put on a show and, and for everyone watching at home, these halftime shows is being like, oh, I was a crap halftime. I'm like, that was more coordinated anything than I've ever seen in my life. Like in any other situation, that would be like the most fantastical show in the world. But it's amazing that we get to the point where we're like, hey, it's, it wasn't that good. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of crazy. To give a proper definition of what the haka is, it's a ceremonial Maori Maori dance. Yeah. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, so I apologize. Or challenge. Um, it's usually performed in a group, typically represent a display of the tribe's pride, strength, and unity. Mm-hmm. I've seen it done at um funerals. Yeah. For respect of a, a coach who passed away. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a really unique thing and it's a really neat thing to watch. And it is, you know, it can be intimidating. Uh, if 20 people lined up, all huge people, because those rugby players are enormous. If I was on the other side of that, I'd be like, all right, good game, guys. All right, that was a good match. All right, we'll get you next time. We won't, but all right, see you around. <laughs> I would be walking back to the locker room. Yeah. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. 
This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. You know all those subscription websites, they just hide those charges from you, they're hidden and repetitive and you forget about them? Oh, I know exactly which websites you're talking about. The ones that you like to go to. You do? I've literally spent so long digging through my finances. Rocket Money can help cancel your subscriptions. You're saying Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow grow your savings? Absolutely, yes. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses? Uh-huh, yeah. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for me? Up to 20%? Maybe. But for our listeners, definitely yes. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash sportsteam. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-A-M. That's rocketmoney.com slash sports team when sweet tarts dared to combine sweet and tart they thought why stop there why not create other exciting and unexpected combinations like rainbows and ropes or fruity and gummy or chewy and more chewy that's why they created fun treats like sweet tarts twisted rainbow ropes gummies fruity splits and chewy fusions when you dare to combine it's sure to blow your mind sweet tarts dare to combine visit sweettartscandy.com to shop now Let's go back to what you were originally talking about. Yeah, we're talking about music and how it ties into sport. Obviously, it ties into workouts. Obviously, ties into all those things. But it's also piped in. Like, there's traditions within baseball, especially, that I can name off the top of my head. Like, take me out to the ball game. Mm -hmm. At the Red Stadium, you hang hang on, Sloopy, Sloopy, hang on. Uh I can't think of the names of songs because I'm really bad with names of songs. But even, like, walkout songs. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, you have the music that that comes on when teams are walking out in the NBA. You hear there's music like fight songs for college football teams. There's also fight songs for each NFL football team. Uh Yeah. Like it's all over the place. We start off almost every game in the United States with the national anthem. Mm -hmm. I mean, music is ingrained so much within sport. It's in warmups. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. One of the major sponsors that you see in commercials all the time with players is like headphones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what music they're listening to before game. That's a question that athletes get asked all the time. Yeah. So music is ingrained in so many various areas of sport. It's not just the halftime show, which is a huge entertainment spectacle. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we talked about it in training, how it elevates your body. So obviously when these teams are working out and trying to get in the best shape and working together, they're Mm going to be listening to music. There's also a memory function in it. There's a number of people that when they're trying to learn plays and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. they listen to music. You see it in even UFC. They come out and they have their walkout songs. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing in baseball. All those music, by the way, they have to pay license for which is insane in of itself because otherwise they'd get in trouble with the music industry even if they're listening to it personally not personally listening to it but if it's broadcast in the stadium period so every walkout song you've ever heard all of that they had to pay the license rights for that doesn't make any sense but it does because like the musician the end use of music is to be listened to Uh and so if you're pumping it out and broadcasting it to thousands of people uh-huh. They need to make money off of their art. It's protecting I mean, their art. What I what I've always thought with those kind of things is, and this may just be my bias from my career and doing videos right. for games is when I play a game, and this is like proven. When I play a game, 
the sales of that game go up. Yes. And when people hear music, like, for example, if someone has a song in a video, mm -hmm. it'll get claimed. Like, if it's a popular song with a recording artist, it'll get claimed, and they will make revenue off of that video, the ads of it. However, no one's going to go to minute 23 of a video to listen to that 15-second clip of the song. They might hear that song and go like, ooh, what was that song? I want to go buy that song. And I'm wondering if there's data that's like, for every person that listens to it, even if you're broadcasting it publicly, like, how many of those people convert and actually go pursue that music and buy that song and stuff like that? So there is actual information behind that, because... This this is why I brought up end use. Mm -hmm. And I actually had this conversation with an actual copyright attorney just like a little bit ago oh, yeah. on my live stream. But oh. um, we talked about end use. Mm -hmm. And music's end use is to be listened to. Mm -hmm. So by having it in a video, it is still being used in the end use. Mm -hmm. A video game, however, the end use of video game is for it to be played, not necessarily mm -hmm. to be watched. So by playing a game and there's a high correlation to content creation and sales of games and the game industry recognizes that, which is why they allow it. Technically, gaming companies could revoke that at any time. Of course, yeah. Nintendo, and only until recently, allowed Correct. people to. People still did it anyway, but it got claimed more often than not. Correct. But there's actually a clear correlation between that and sales for games. Mm -hmm. Because the greatest example we talked about is Among Us, and Among Us was around for two years mm -hmm. before it suddenly blew up yeah. and got sold a crap ton of copies. Mm -hmm. I don't think Five Nights at Freddy's would have been successful if not for the content creator community suddenly playing the game and mm -hmm. getting the most out of it. Yeah, yeah. So there's a high correlation of sales there. That mm -hmm. is not the case in music. Mm -hmm. When people hear that it's already getting its end use, even if they're not hearing the full song, mm -hmm. it's less likely for them to buy it. There's also the history in music of people pirating songs anyway. Mm -hmm. Back when we were in high school, there were, you know. I never did that. What are you talking about? What do you mean? I'm not saying we did it. I just know you we said we, we know. in high school. I I, I was an outcast in high school. I had no friends. I didn't talk to anybody. I was only alone on the internet, but I didn't pirate things on the internet, even though that was my only exposure and only friend. I had friends. I only talked to friends. We never listened to music. I didn't do anything illegal in high school. I wasn't going to say that you did. Uh, I didn't? We know people that were yeah, using... dirty, criminal, scum. ...that were using and pirating songs all the time, getting songs for free. Yeah. I mean, that's back in the days of, like, Napster, when Napster existed and stuff and like Lime that. LimeWire. Not that I know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, there, there's a history of people stealing music, and so it created this dynamic to where they're going to police it more because mm. people want it for free and have done it in the past. And to that point... Yeah, they're not going to go to your video and just to listen to the song. Uh -huh. And I agree with you on that point. Mm -hmm. But there is not a correlation between it being broadcast or listened to by other people in sales like it is in gaming. Uh, see, that's the, that's the thing that gets me. I, I want to talk more about LimeWare. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but with like, okay, so what about radio, right? Radio, they pay, I'm sure they pay, but with radio, how many people listen to radio and go and buy the song afterwards? I've heard songs That's... myself that hear, I hear it on the radio and then I go and buy that song. I am sure that the value of exposure to a song is more than lost from like, oh, you heard it here so you'll never hear it again. Correct, but that's that gets into the establishment of having control mm. and being able to control who can broadcast it because then there's still payment methods there because they mm. get a cut of whatever ads go on that radio station yeah. and stuff like and, that. and and i want everyone listening at home i'm not like 
defending the practice of no. like getting all these songs from artists out there and anyone can use it. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I, I believe that artists aren't paid nearly enough for Correct. what they do, especially like smaller artists. They, yeah. they don't get paid nearly as much as bigger artists do and like deals the way they're structured, it kind of screws them over. But my curiosity is like, I do believe that there is a correlation between like exposure of music and stuff. But that's not the point of this podcast. No, uh, no. So, but so. The, the point is talking about how music is in sport and we got into the topic of licensure because that's a thing I had to learn in school is mm -hmm. like when things are broadcast on the stadium, mm -hmm. they have to be because it's it's just like, think of it this way. You pay to attend a concert, mm -hmm. right? Well, not every concert has the same amount of people, like 30 plus thousand people that are in a venue of a stadium for a sporting event. And mm -hmm. if you're just broadcasting it, you got to pay for the rights to broadcast. Sure. It's becomes an element of it. And there's a reason why, you know, these different songs and fight songs are unique to each team mm -hmm. and each, you know, school or whatever it is, mm -hmm. is because then it's their own thing. It's yeah. an identity thing. Now, it's interesting because I've recently been watching a lot of Running Man, which is a Korean show. Uh, and in Korean broadcasting, they do not have the same laws and rules. You can use whatever music you want whenever you want to use it. That's very interesting. Yeah, there are, there's all kinds of... Uh, of, of uses they use the x-files theme all the time they they use clips from audio movies all the time or audio movies <laughs> they use cl audio clips from movies audio all the time. movies yeah and they use tons of different things that are obviously from different sources they do like oceans 11 for right. like certain spy themes like really mission impossible stuff born identity stuff you see it all over the place and, and and the difference is like literally their laws are structured in a way that the concept of intellectual property is fundamentally different there. Now, it's not to the extreme of some countries probably is just like a wild west of use whatever you want there. There are laws and structures and there is copyright laws and stuff like that. However, well, like, we even know that Australia is more stringent than the United States. Yes. I don't know that. We do, do. We know that? from tour. Yeah. Oh, we know that. Yeah, yeah. Tour was a whole, we could talk for a while about tour. Uh, but, but what's interesting for me in this one is when I heard those songs, I don't know if it was the translators that did it because there were people that were captioning in English. They put the name of the song and what the song was from up in the top corner of it. Every single time a song came up, I think it was the captioners who did this. But the funny thing about it is like, I may have recognized the song, but because that caption was there, I knew exactly what song it was and where it was from. So I, looked up some of those songs and I went on to pursue it. And I think that there's probably a middle ground of broadcasting and also contextualizing what it is you're listening to and how you can find more of it that would probably be a little more fair to people and allow for a better uh, exposure of a certain song or band to a wider audience. Correct. And I could definitely see that being a lot better in a visual medium like videos and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But broadcasting in a stadium where people aren't looking at a video this board. This is Slam Party by the slammers like and then you gotta go listen find out i don't think that would work yeah because well. yeah. you'd only be able to say it once or else you're just interrupting the song have you like i get really annoyed i've looked up no copyright music all the time until uh -huh. like i figured out who i'm going to use and what i'm doing now yeah, yeah. But Audio Jungle. I was about oh to say Audio God. Jungle. I literally was like, I that's drilled into my head. If any of you out there have listened to like watched a video or something and you just hear the music and there's a subtle like Audio Jungle like in yeah. the background. It's because someone tried to like noise reduce Audio Jungle in there. But it's like, why do I know Audio Jungle so well? Audio Jungle. 
Like it's just like, like everything, <laughs> everything. It's like it's it's brainwashing you to be like this yeah. song is on Audio Jungle. And I've never been to Audio Jungle. I have never gone there for any music because I would never because it's so annoying. It is. It's so annoying. Incredibly. I, like who would go to Audio Jungle after hearing that? All you know is like it's just a Pavlovian response of like, God, God, no, Audio Jungle. I'm lost in the jungle of audio. Oh, God. Yeah. I just remember getting sent samples from Audio Jungle and being like, I hate this. Get rid of this. <laughs> I've seen full videos with like just the Audio Jungle left in. It's kind of like doing a video with like stock photos, but the watermarks are still oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do that all the time. It's funnier when the watermarks <laughs> are still there. I don't know what it is, but it just is. Oh, it's such a good meme. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> getting back into the topic we were discussing about right, music right, and right, sport. Right, 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 right. <laughs> It, it's so ingrained that we have traditional music like take me out to the ball game. We have traditional music like the national anthem. Yeah, yeah. Like so many things are ingrained in sport. And then you have fight songs. You have, you have different things that played when touchdowns are scored. Like, mm -hmm. All of those audio cues exist within football. I mean, when you hear the crunching of pads, mm -hmm. you immediately think of football. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You hear, hut, hut. Yeah. You know, there's audio in every aspect, and there's a rhythm to even the cadence of the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So music is so ingrained into the point to where it's like halftime shows. It's ingrained into pumping up and hyping people up for the game itself. It's ingrained in commercials like Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football have their own theme music. What? Yes. Do they? Yes. What do you mean? <laughs> I think Carrie Underwood is the one that was doing the most recent like Sunday night football uh, all, all theme song. All I know is... Oh, that's all I know. That's not the ubiquitous one. Sorry, we're going to no. get claimed now. <laughs> yeah. My rendition you're, of it was so good. You're so good. It, yeah. yeah, 100%. Just mm. like a recording. Wait, what are they then? I can't name it off the top of my Can head. Can you sing it? Um, Give me a... <laughs> Which one's that one? Which one's that one? Well, it's changed over the years. The Sunday night football one is... It's Sunday night. It's something... God, I don't know. I that. need to pull it up. No, I'm thinking the horns. Is that what you're no, talking about? No, I'm talking about something else. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it without playing it. The Sunday Night Football theme song. Uh, Will, if if it catches on the mic, just replace it with like a children's royalty free song. Like a lot of a lot of xylophones, a lot of plinking pianos. <laughs> Day for Sunday night. I, I definitely don't listen. I don't watch football because I've never heard that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> never but that's that. that's literally the, the theme song. And it is Carrie Underwood right now. But there have been multiple iterations with different artists that have done it. And it's changed over the years because, you know, they rebrand or see who's newly popular or not popular. Yeah. But there's always been like, especially... Sunday Night Football because it's on MD NBC and it's its own like branded television series. Was I doing WWE? I think of football. Yes. Because oh yeah, isn't that from? Dan, Dan, it's John Dan, Cena. Yeah. Yes. That's what it is. Okay. I was like, that's not NFL. Oh okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah, no, I was wrong on that one. But Sorry, I mean, everyone. even that, like, it's entertainment, and so mm -hmm. because sports has become so ingrained in entertainment, and we recognize that music hypes people up and gets them into it, right, it right. makes their body have a subconscious response mm -hmm. to the point to where it creates the hype, it creates the build, it creates the anticipation and adrenaline. It uh -huh. like wets your palate. Yeah, just like after the losers walk off the field, someone with a trombone to really reinforce, hype them down, get them really subdued, you know what I mean? Well, do you remember in high school, sometimes like one band would have a competition within the competition, like there's a football game going on, but the bands would like play 
and then they'd try and one-up yeah, each yeah. other. After the game, we would go out to the field when everyone left, and we'd just, like, unsheathe our instruments, and there were blades underneath, and then we would just be a bloodbath. Like, whoever lost, we had to fight for their pride, and we lost a lot. There were originally a 1,000 band members from the beginning of the season. Did you ever get injured in high school? No, I was very strong, but I was the only one. <laughs> I don't want to talk about those days. Very bloody. Any band member knows what that's about. Okay. I'll believe you. You know a lot more about that than I do. <laughs> Choose no, to but believe you. There's there's like competitions within it. Like, you yeah. know, there are plenty of times in different movies that I've watched where like cheerleading competitions happen or drumline face-offs. Oh, or... it's just like that. Yeah. It's oh, exactly yeah. like that. You know, when when the drummer of our drumline plays the other drummer's yeah, drum. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's down. <laughs> and then they throw the punches. Yeah, big fight. Yeah. No, here's what actually goes down in marching band is every, every section hates the other sections. Every, I have heard that. Everybody yeah, hates everyone, the trumpets. No one hates trumpets. No, I heard everyone hates you the trumpets. You shut your fucking mouth. Everyone loves the okay. trumpets. Okay. Oh, whoa, whoa. I was a trumpet for like a year and then I was done. So. You don't know. You don't know. No, it's like, uh, it, it's always kind of the thing is, is like um, the color guard is on their own. Like they're in their own little bubble. They're the ones you got to avoid when you're marching around because they're always in the way. <laughs> they might hit yeah. you with their spiked spears. Exactly. And their sabers and their <laughs> Guns, you know, and then you got the sousaphones. Everyone knows if you see a sousaphone coming, they don't know you're there. Get the <laughs> hell out of the way. <laughs> Literally, just get out of the way. And it's the like if you see the fullback coming, you need to get out What's of the a way. Fullback? That's the lead blocker on oh, a run play. Sometimes okay. they bring in like a big defensive lineman. The evolution lineman. of the uh, four quarterbacks to halfback. I know. Yes, I know. Uh, yeah. I know. <laughs> I listened to the primer. Did you at home? You know football just as much as we do now. But well, no, he's like, the drum line is its own entity, but they're always the cool ones. Like, as much as they think that they're the cool ones, they are the cool ones. So, like, if you're in the drum line, you're cool. And if you're anyone not the drum line, you're not cool. You know, the pit doesn't count. They play all the other, like, uh, like um, percussion instruments. They're not marching. They're not cool. Okay. I don't care. If you're in the pit, you're not cool. If you're in the drum line, you're cool. Pit, not cool. Trumpets, cool. Okay. Everyone else, not cool. <laughs> did Did you know that um, some Milford people from the drumline went on to become a part of the Bengals drumline when the Bengals brought the drumline on the Cincinnati Bengals? Cool. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mary Kate. Oh. Cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no one at home knows what we're talking about. But uh, it's it's really incredible how much music impacts physical performance and fitness, uh, how yeah. much it impacts and is ingrained within the game of hyping up the crowd and even like hyping up players before the game starts. When they do their walkout, they have the flame shooting out or confetti cannons or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, in the Super Bowl, they have a whole tunnel and all kinds of stuff like that. Mm. And then the halftime show is it's more entertainment. It's ingrained in that. And then in the ads, you have various different music that's going on. Mm. All of this stuff is ingrained and so much so that it makes the event even bigger. Mm -hmm. And in the lead up to the Super Bowl, there's multiple concerts that happen. There's a whole like area around the actual stadium mm -hmm. where there are all kinds of events, music, food, games, mm -hmm. all of that that's within there. Would you say more that though that is in relation just to the core human experience though? Because it, it's like, yes, music pervades sports, definitely, 100%. But is that more just because humans are doing sports and humans have music ingrained in our like collective psyche and we bring music wherever we go? It's possible that's the case, but mm -hmm. I also see it as, you know, sports in general bring about some of the biggest events 
and draw together some of the biggest communities and crowds Mm -hmm. to where if you can get into that, which music would love to do, Mm -hmm. you suddenly are are feeding on an audience that is really captivated Mm -hmm. and really invested. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of that is a a dual relationship of sports gives to music and music gives to sports. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The biggest part for me that I think it ties in is just the buildup. Mm-hmm. It's the, I mean, it's ingrained in the fitness routines. It's ingrained in the weight rooms. When I was in college doing collegiate sports, I mean, we rocked out to classic rock. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like ACDC, Led Zeppelin, like some of the harder hitting stuff that for us is like the oldies, but it's mm-hmm. not for other generations. You know how some people make their babies before they're born, they listen to classical music to make them smarter. Yes. If you played ACDC, Led Zeppelin to a baby still in the womb, do you think it would come out just fucking ripped? I think it'd be kicking up a storm, you know? (laughs) Some head banging. It's a stomach. (laughs) You get to see your baby's Oh, oh, my baby's face! Oh! Oh. Like like the Ace Ventura coming out of the rhino. Oh yeah, (laughs) it's gonna chew its way out. It's so hyped up and ready to go. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden you have twins and it becomes like the uh, Mount Rushmore. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a demon thing, just like pressing faces against fabric. That's horrifying. No, but it's amazing how much two things that are vastly different, music in and of itself and mm-hmm. sports in and of itself are vastly different in the ideological sense mm-hmm. of the brain mm-hmm. that they come together because there's still an animalistic aspect. It's, it's one of those things that I think as long as humans exist, it will exist as well because mm-hmm. I often like people have talked about the future. There's, there's automated music creation nowadays and yeah. there's, there's automated things and, you know, people talk about like how art, what will it become when a computer can make more precise quote unquote, better pieces than a human could, um, would it still be treated the same? Would it, would people even know if they heard one or the other? And it's kind of an interesting thing with sports because there are video games that play sports and people can play sports through video games. There's the uh, football one. What is that one? The, the Talking about Madden? Madden. Madden. Yeah, Madden. Which, uh, interesting enough, John Madden, the person who originated that franchise, mm-hmm. passed away recently. Oh. He's really old. Famous coach for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Famous broadcaster. Innovator in the gaming space of bringing football to a video game. Yeah. Oh, that, and, that, and that's what's interesting because what happens when a video game is photorealistic to the point that you wouldn't even be able to tell that it was artificial and it could play any dream game that you want at any time. I personally believe that it wouldn't be the same, but people still do play a lot of Madden. Some people play more of that game than they watch real football. Yeah. Like, does that take anything away from the true experience of what football is in terms of like the competitions you see out on real fields? Well, I don't think it ever will because it's impossible to completely replicate the chaos that can naturally occur in a sporting game. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be an algorithm. There's always going to be technological points to where you can't get to the point of complete realism of injuries, the complete realism of illnesses and various other things. that Drama impact. behind the yeah. field, yeah. Because I like watching simulation videos. I do too. I like watching physical simulation. I could see a cloth tear in a computer over and over again. I would get so excited. If you tore a cloth in front of my eyes, I would think, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you wasting my time with it? Don't, give, don't. My give cloth, me a cloth. My cloth. <laughs> give me a cloth. My right cloth. Now. <laughs> I don't have any terrible cloth in here. I got my shirt. <laughs> right, a piece of paper here. Let's try this. Here. 
anything important on this? You cannot tear that piece uh, okay. of paper. Okay, cannot. Wait, I'm going to rip one. Hang on, I'm going to rip a paper out of my notebook. What about this? Can I tear this? Yeah, you can tear that. That's boring as shit, man. <laughs> Maybe I'm just bad at tearing, Mark. <laughs> yeah, if you could make it more like dynamic and interesting, that would be great. All right, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I like I. It, it's kind of a moot point because I don't think that it'll ever get to the point where it's more popular. Because obviously, if people would choose between watching a simulated game of the big game or watching the real one, they would pick the real one every time. I believe the legal experts of our uh, podcast have said we can say it: the majumbo match, the <laughs> the the massive majumbo, the giant. Super famous haircut where you put some object on your head and people cut around it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. But when it when it comes to music, it it's it's one of those things. Oddly enough, we circled right back to games and music again. Uh, yeah. Uh, like all the 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 mimicry and copying of things and and stuff like that. Like humans just love to iterate things. But as far as like the core experience of music goes, I'm still not entirely convinced that you know it's something that's ingrained in sports. I do believe sports would not be the same without music. I do believe that. But there had to be a time like way back in the day when there wasn't any music in sports or like people. People were doing like competitions or something without music in there and like as far as being like just a fundamental tenant of sports itself i'm not quite convinced that music is a fundamental tenant. i think it is in the sense of performance um more so in the training aspect than it is in the actual like in the entertainment space uh -huh. music and sport work together but they're not integral to each other but i think in the training part in the fact that you're able to push yourself harder mm -hmm. and that part i mean it's funneled into their gyms and all of that that it is an integral part of sport mm -hmm. yeah. i think that's the part where music really gives the sport and elevates the athletics that are within it mm -hmm. and i mean it's it's a part of the entertainment business there's so many traditions that rely around sports you're talking fight songs you're talking about the seventh inning stretch with take me out to the ball game mm -hmm. you're talking about every time you watch sport music is involved in today's day and age you will not find a sport no matter where you go even in high school Mm -hmm. you won't find a sport competition without it unless you go down to youth sports, a soccer match in the middle of the field, and even then somebody will bring a boombox and play music. But I would say you wouldn't find anything in terms of entertainment without music. There are very few things that don't have music involved with them. Like TV shows have intro songs. They have like, whenever they go to commercial, there's always like a jingle that goes, you know, like that's a bad example, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, and, and I had a thought, like, do you think that a person, imagine there was a person that had never heard a song in their life, mm -hmm. ever, ever heard a song in their life. Would they feel like they were fundamentally missing something if they went their whole life without ever hearing music? Would they spontaneously create music? Would they do something? Would they spontaneously, if, if they were isolated alone, like, uh, uh, that's one thing, but like, if they were with someone else, would neither of them ever create music? Would neither of them ever compete in sports? Because like, maybe, maybe it's less a question like if music is ingrained in sports, but like, is like music and competition and sports, are these just all core tenets of a human as opposed to core tenets of something else? You know what I mean? And wherever humans go, music and sports and competition follow. I think you're getting to a really good point there in the fact that on a base level, two people that have never experienced either of those in their lives, I think they would both have sports and competition and create music without needing any premise of both. Mm -hmm. 
And the reason for that is it's ingrained in our animalistic instinct to survive. I mean, it's you have to compete to survive. Right. Not necessarily against other humans, but mm -hmm. against the world. Yeah. And we naturally, the human body makes sound. Mm -hmm. It has rhythm. The heartbeat is a rhythm. So True. at that point, to our fundamental being, music is there. Yeah, that's kind of a good point because everyone feels their heartbeat. You listening now, you're thinking about it. You can probably feel it right now. And that your base resting heart rate, unless you're listening to this while running uh, like 10 miles an hour or something. Or maybe you're really enthralled and getting the adrenaline. Yeah, maybe you're getting it. Pumped. Maybe Will, our editor, is putting in some really high music right now and you're feeling it. And you're, and you're starting to subconsciously match your heart rate with the rhythm of the music. Exactly. Like you would feel something on a daily basis. It's so, it's one of those things with it is so unconscious that you don't notice it anymore. But there was a thing where there's the world's quietest room, which is like oh, a, yeah. a room that is so noise canceled that you can't hear anything outside the room and every single reverberation in that room is null. Like it's completely obfuscated. You cannot hear any reverberations, none that you make, none you're walking, everything. So it dulls out all the background sound that is normally always there. And all that you're left with is your heartbeat and well, you hear it. I believe you even hear more than that because you hear your breathing. You, breathe. you get to the point where you actually hear the blood flowing through your arteries. Your gut is making sounds all the oh, time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everything in your body that's making sound suddenly becomes apparent because everything else has been drowned out. It will drive people crazy sometimes. Mm -hmm. I believe you could get used to anything. You know, I believe you could get used to that. But uh, like if you were locked in that room, you wouldn't You wouldn't lose your mind for so long. You would get used to the sounds of your own body again. But it's a completely jarring experience. These things are always occurring in our bodies. These things are always moving. And this main engine of your body will put in a heartbeat through this whole segment, just like a constant heartbeat. This main engine in your body is always there. And that is the rhythm of your body. And the rhythm of your body can turn into the rhythm outside your body in the form of music. And your rhythm goes up and down based on your physical activity. And when you're doing sports, your heart rate goes up. You get hype. You hear the music of the stadium. You hear the chanting of the crowd. You hear everything. The whistle blows and it's on. Music drives your heart or your heart drives music. Music drives your heart. Your heart drives competition. It's all tied in. There is no separation. Yeah. Anyway, back to LimeWire. Yeah, how, like, <laughs> how many viruses did you get when you were going on I LimeWire? I never used... You never used Lime. Were you no. uh, Kazaa? Napster? I'm reading off of Wikipedia. I don't know any of these personally, of course. But... So I got all of my music from my brother. Uh -huh. How he got it, I don't know. But <laughs> my brother is like literally my entire iPod that I still have. The yeah. original like iPod. Oh, hell yeah. Is, um, is his music. Yeah. And so I really got everything from whatever he got. It wasn't until like college that I started like actually buying my own music. Mm. And even then I've always, and this people judge me for this all the time. Okay. I listen to the radio. No. Why would I judge you? I don't think you would. I, a lot of people judge me because I don't listen to Spotify. I don't pull up Pandora or listen to all those other things. Yeah. I'm Unless it's a podcast, like I'll listen to Distractable, uh -huh. especially Bob's Fridge. That was hilarious, by the That's way. Good episode. Good episode. Um, and I listened to the episode when you guys talked about Wade not knowing where girls be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was a good one. No. 
No, but um, for the most part, I just, when I listen to music, it's in the car and it's with the radio on. And sometimes, um, which is something I actually learned from you, is like if I'm in the car driving, sometimes I like the silence. Yeah. And that's something that I think people would judge me for is because I never really pursue music. I don't go and listen to music. I go days without listening to music. Oh, same. Yeah, because I just had never grew up with that. Even if like music is ingrained, I feel music and when I'm working out, I do listen to music most of the time. But for my day-to-day life, I do not. A lot of people study with music. I don't. I find it a distraction. A lot of people, like, they have a certain mood they're feeling. They want music to match that mood as if they're, like, scoring their life. Never experienced that urge. I've never pursued music. I've never had this urge to be like, I must listen to music right now. I enjoy silence. I would love that room where I could hear my heartbeat, <laughs> you know? It, it's kind of one of the things, but I bet a lot of people would judge me for that. As much as I say, like, music is, like, oh, everywhere, I really try to get music out of my life as much as possible. That being said, Here's the weird thing. Whenever I'm making a video, whenever I'm making a show or something, I love the audio part of it. I love it. I love coordinating it. I love picking it. I love scoring it. I love creating soundscapes for video. You know, I am a firm believer that audio is the majority of video. It is not 50-50 video audio whenever you're watching something. It is not. It is majority audio. Audio drives everything. And yet, I don't pursue music. I don't listen to music casually. It's very strange. I mean, I don't listen to music casually either and pursue it in that sense. But the biggest thing, I mean, we together, working Mm -hmm. together, listening to this, made the track Mm-hmm. The base track for what the audio is for this podcast, the, yeah. the opening bit. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, like we've worked together on numerous occasions of making and matching up video to audio, mm-hmm. especially rhythmically and having the cuts be where it made sense and yes. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned that mostly from you, but it also just made sense in my head to the mm-hmm. point to where I judge videos so hard on their audio to video matching. Yeah. If it's off even the slightest bit, it bothers me so much that I have to be like, I can't deal with this right now. Yeah, it's one of those things where if you don't think about it, you would never understand the amount of work that does go into the audio world. My upcoming show in space with Mark Blair, um, I've done uh, several mix sessions now with the main audio person who did that. His name is Oh, God. I don't know their name, so. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What's his name? What's his name? Oh, my God. What is his name? You probably have it on your phone somewhere. Oh, no way. Oh, my God. What's his name? Uh, Will, put in his name in a robot voice when you find out about it. You'll find out it before I do. I'm not going to look it afterwards. You guess. Guess what his name Oh, my God. What's his name? Oh, my God. He's so great. He's great at what he does. Fuck. His name is Brad. Anyway. I'm going to move on and I'm assume that I got the name there. <laughs> Good job, me. I got the memory down. It's the memory of an elephant here. But the point I'm bringing up is people don't realize the amount of work that goes into a single video. Guess how many audio tracks he has in his project. Tracks, like, tr- like different layers of audio. I want to say on the low side, 30. Okay. What's that? I want to say the high side, like 110. 250. Hold crap. And the last session, he had 250 there. He made more because we added more sounds in. That's how many layers 
of sound. And that's just like different spatial sounds. Different spatial sounds, different categories of sounds, stereo sounds, room tones, audio, like dialogue is very separate. It's a completely different, heavily treated thing. There's like certain sound effects that have layers of effects, like different effects. You put them on different tracks because they have different effects. Some have reverb, some have location, some have echo, some have noise cancellation built into the tracks and you just have layer, 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 layer. It's insane. Now, when it comes to video layers, when you're doing like special effects, that can get up there. Nothing will get as up as audio tracks does. It's nuts. I can imagine how much that becomes like, because sports videos are a thing as well. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, capturing, like, making sure you have the sounds of the pads. There's probably a lot in those as well. I mean, all those highlight videos that you see. uh, our audio editor, how many audio tracks do you do? And if it's an underwhelming amount, like, amount, we will judge you. If it's not a minimum of 150 tracks of audio for this podcast, we will judge you. Put in a bunch of car crash, but build it all from separate sounds. And put your robotic voice of how many there are. Yeah. 63. Because you're clearly an animatronic and not a real person to the audience. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah. Oh, man. I love those audio sessions. I love those sessions. This guy, this guy's insane. He once told me he he did uh, he did the audio for, I think it was uh, Machete Kills or... Oh, is that the one with... um Donnie Trejo. Yeah. Danny Trejo. Dan, Donnie Don, Darko. Dan, Donnie, Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. Yeah, and he did the audio session, and of course the studio was trying to screw him all over because they had a deadline, and they put this deadline on him like four days before it was supposed to be done. And you can't mix a movie in four days, oh, not yeah. if you want to sleep. So guess what he did? He didn't sleep for four days. How does that work? Because I think the first thing you hallucinate if you exactly. start hallucinating is that, audio. That's what he told me. He told me that it got so bad that he would go in like a stupor for a few hours and he wouldn't know what he just did. So he was working with this other guy who also stayed up for four days to finish this thing and they, and they would get to the point where they were just like arguing and shouting at each other. And he didn't eat for the entire time because he knew if he ate he would get sleepy immediately. So no food, like just orange juice, and like going straight and it got to the point where it was just like like it got done and apparently it sounded good, but he had no idea what happened. <laughs> you just lose all sense of anything. And I've gotten there before. Like I've pulled some all nighters. I've never been up for four days, like, but I've pulled some all nighters editing some things and it gets pretty loopy around 5 a.m. It gets kind of crazy. I kind of remember a time when I talked to you that you were hallucinating because of sleep. Yeah. Well, recently I was over in, uh, I was over for a Map Hat's charity stream. Yeah. And it wasn't, I was hallucinating. I, I'm kind of, you hear some things and it gets a little weird. I lost my balance. Literally my inner ear stopped working on my left side and I just started drooping and I was like slanting to the left and everything was like, it was so funny because the last time that I came off of Map Hat's stream last year before this one, uh, I went to the hospital because I had another blockage. Yeah. And then I was thinking after I I was walking off set because I was walking off set and then suddenly my balance started going. I'm like, I'm going to have to go to the hospital again. He's going to think he's cursed. I think he's cursed. I think <laughs> the stream is cursed for me specifically. I like, mean, in all fairness, you did walk out and it was like, hello. Yeah, no, it, was, <laughs> it was very strange. <laughs> yeah, but it, no, it was a good time. But yeah, audio is interesting. I wasn't even talking about audio. Yes, I was. Audio mixing. Yes. yes. And you, gentle listeners, are listening to this. Through audio, the magic of audio coming from us to you. Yes, our beautiful voices. Mm. Mark's deep tones and mine, whatever it is. (laughs) No, I like your voice. (laughs) 
I've always hated voice. my voice. You've I've always hated voice. my voice. Why do you hate your voice? I don't know. I've always thought I sounded like weirdly high pitched. I always thought that I sounded like I had a bunch of spit in my mouth. Really? Like I always thought that I had, I was like a gargling something. I like way too much spit. So I was very self-conscious of that. And when I first started making videos, I would like <laughs> try to dry my mouth out for some reason. Because when I listen back to it, I'm like, why do I sound so slobbery? So I've also realized that like subconsciously you've heard it when I'm playing games with you that I'll just weirdly make these weird moan yeah. sounds in my throat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do that when I'm swimming. Yeah. I, I swam and worked out the other day and I yeah. could hear it like echoing through the pool and it was like, <laughs> how do I stop this? You're like Chica. Chica always just grumbles. <laughs> it's just like whatever you're petting her. She's trying to communicate, but yeah. Yeah, that's you. But um, I actually recently did a working on my voice acting reel. Oh, yeah. And um, I'm listening to myself and I'm just like, oh, that sounds awful. Oh, I hate it. To be fair, if you're doing a voice acting reel, some of those might actually sound bad. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, not trying to like paint you negatively, but my first voice reel I did, it's still on the Internet. People dig it up every once in a while because it was for this uh, this other YouTube channel, this Minecraft channel called Hat Films. And I did a voice acting demo for them. And it's just like me with the worst. British accent trying to do oh that my you God. could possibly think of. Me doing all these weird voices, like just me before I had any vocal control. I had no training, anything like that. Like it's like your first voice acting reel might not be great, but you'll get better. That's the thing. You get better. You train, you get classes, you get way better. I'm not trying to say your voice acting reel is bad. Mine was bad. Yours is probably great. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I'll let I'll let the companies and other people decide. <laughs> See, that's the thing. You don't, you don't put anything out in front of them. Let them find it. This podcast. You sound great on this podcast. So, since we're pretty much out of time, I wanted to ask you an actual personal question oh, here. Oh, boy. Here we go. So, obviously, the new year happened a good bit ago. Uh -huh. But I wanted to ask you, because you're really good about this generally uh -huh. when it comes to goals and ambitions. Uh -huh. And I wanted to see if, like, I usually don't tie mine to New Year's, but this year I'm actually really sticking to some. And I wanted to see what yours were for 2022. My ambitions? Okay, my goals. Yeah, specifically. like, people call it a New Year's resolution. I hate that term, but it's, yeah. What are, you, what are you looking forward to most and working towards in 2022? In the past, I have always done a lot in terms of scheduling. Um, I've always been like, I'm going to work out an hour a day. I'm going to do the yada yada an hour a day. I'm going to stick to a very strict schedule. And the way my life works, it never works out for that. So I really boiled it down to one very specific goal, is this year I'm going to learn Korean. Learn to speak Korean to the best of my ability, by the end of this year, I will be fluent in Korean. That is my goal for this year. I didn't set a workout goal for myself, which is a first for me. I did not. But I was just very much specifically like, I know how to get to this point. I know how much work it's going to take. One year is enough to do it. And uh, I believe that if I stick to it every day, I will be able to get there. And so far, I have I've been learning Korean every single day for multiple hours a day, actually. But at least one hour a day is kind of what I set my goal to be. Nice. Yeah. What's your goal? My biggest thing that I've recognized in myself and have been working on for years, but I'm making sure to focus this year on worrying only about the things I can control and letting go of the things that, you know, I otherwise linger on and let bother me. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that's something I'm really focused on. And in that same light, I'm focusing a lot inwards on myself. I got to the highest weight I've ever been again at 225. Uh, so I'm trying to drop that. I'm getting back into shape. I've been exercising more, which is very common New Year's resolution, but I started it before the new year. Mm -hmm. And then the biggest one, I think, creation-wise, 
is I am stopping making excuses for myself and pushing to just create. Mm -hmm. Come up with a, a TikTok at least every other day, mm -hmm. um, put out short form stuff and focus on you know, getting my acting reel out there, getting my voice acting reel out there and mm -hmm. just starting to build towards the things that I've always talked about wanting to do, but never took the steps towards. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, no more excuses. Stop letting other stuff bother you. Go and get it. That's a good goal. How you been so far? So far, pretty good. Yeah, that's good. And the exercise, I mean, you've seen this. When I'm like physically in shape and exercising, oh yeah, my mood is oh, 10 you're times way, better. way happier. Yeah. I'm like a completely different person. Yeah. 100%. I can believe that. So that exercise has been really nice. And I actually, weirdly, I got a crazy pump in my arms to where my shirt, my normal shirt that's like a large, was like super tight. And I was like, oh. It just ripped off. You flexed once and it just burst like a physics simulation of cloth. Yes. Do it. Do it now. Whoa. Whoa. You guys didn't see it at home, but it just blew off his whole body. You should get that mole looked at. That's my nipple. Oh, hey, nice. Anyway, we're all out of time. <laughs> we're all out of time. Thank you so much for listening with your audio ears. I uh, hope you have an appreciation for all the work that goes into audio and how audio ties into sports and athletics in general in terms of driving the human experience from our heartbeat to the drumbeat. And hopefully you have a better understanding of sports as a whole and how music financially is integral and a part of sports venues and sports experience. Obviously, you got to make sure and pay your artists, treat people right, and things get done and are fun and entertaining for everybody. Absolutely. Just like this podcast. So be sure to like, follow, subscribe, whatever it is to make sure that you know when a new episode of this podcast comes out. Yeah. And maybe check out our cool sponsors because they're kind enough to give us money so that we can do this. That is how it works. They give us money. We read their ads. Yep. Such as the circle of life. Just like music and sports, advertisements are a core pillar of humanity. Yeah. Such as it shall always be. Hey, and if there's any topic you want us to discuss that you haven't heard already, feel free to comment on the website or the YouTube channel or everywhere else you can to give us ideas. Yeah, wherever that is. I don't think our, we have comments on the website. I don't know. Maybe they can build it. <laughs> we keep saying things about the website. Even on Distractor, we're like, the website, it'll have something and nothing. <laughs> Every single time. Yeah. But this time it'll be different. We'll make it different. We'll make it different. All right. Anyway, we'll put in a car crash, Dan, this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right.